Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The floor creaks. The door squeaks. There's a field mouse a nibbling on a broom. And I sit by myself Like a cobweb on the shelf By myself in a lonely room Welcome to Right Lane, a podcast of the Tampa Bay Times. Each week, Times reporter Lane DeGregory discusses her stories and answers your questions. The focus is on craft. My name is Maria Crillo, and I'm the Enterprise Editor at The Times. I'm also fighting a cold, so if my voice seems weird this week, that's what that's going on. Uh, recently, we had a question come in from someone who worked in our building here in St. Petersburg, Florida. Lisa Rowan, formerly a staff writer for The Penny Hoarder, a personal financial website, said she wanted to know from Lane and a couple of other recent guests, Times staffers Leonora Lapeter Anton and Kathleen McGrory, where they go to write, to have, as she put it, brain space to think and tinker and muse. So today's topic, writing spaces. And Lane, so we'll start with your answer. So each each of the, each Lane, Leonora, and, and Kat, they all answered this and um, talked a little bit about what they need. So we'll start with Lane, just sort of talk about, um, yeah, you, you've, you have a writing space. You have you have worked to have your little writing space over the years, right? Crafters. I do, I, but I didn't used to. You know, I, I grew up writing in the newsroom, and especially when I was writing two or three stories a day, it was like you have to learn to tune out the noise, and it's kind of invigorating. But it's sometimes. distracting, right? It's really, Always really been distracting. distracting for me. And I, I like to write just like my my rhythm of my my psyche. I like to write at night. And so that didn't work very well when I was on deadline, <laughs> you know, especially in a bureau and you had to get your story in by six or seven o'clock. So I had to learn to write in the newsroom. I had to be able to, even then though, I was kind of writing in my head as I was driving back from stories, you know, I was figuring out what the lead was and stuff. So the writing was in my head and I just pounded it out in the newsroom. But, um, were you a night person before? I mean, cause I know when we started working together, it sort of became just easy because you know raising young children and you're trying to balance everything but like you you're that's your that's your body clock anyway you're, I think you're so. a night person yeah even since when I was in high school and especially college you know we, we worked at the newspaper until midnight and we had to roll the pages back when we rolled the pages <laughs> at midnight and then I would have do my homework from you know midnight to 3 a.m or something so my my productive time's always been real late at night um, I get distracted right, so it's and, not everybody can do that, sunshine. but you you can do that. You can like, yeah. Yeah, and you were the first person who really gave me permission to go with that. Like, I, I mean, Maria, I think we've talked about this a lot, but she was my editor 20 years ago when my kids were really little. And, you know, she, I would be distracted by 4 or 5 o'clock trying to figure out if I can get my stuff done in time to go pick them up at daycare or whatever. And she started saying, well, just go home and be with your kids. Um, I mean, I've never had a boss before or after just say that, basically. Go home do your life, write your story tonight. I'm not going to read it till the morning anyway. And so I really was able to totally, I like to clear my deck. So I was like to able to feed the kids dinner, give them a bath, put them to bed. The house is quiet, put my laundry in, do my dishes, and then literally like clear everything so that I could think about the story. 
Um, and my little house that we have here in Gulfport, I mean, one of the reasons I bought it was because it has this really cute little porch that got screened in, and um, it's my only little place that's mine in the whole house, so that's why I like to do my writing. So what? how do, how do you... Describe for them what you've got set up. So you, yeah, you can. So you yeah, can look outside. I which... can. I love it. it's all windows on two sides because it was a porch, so I can see on the main street. I'm right across from the senior center in the library. I can see people coming and going and walking their dogs. I have a big front yard, so when the kids were little, they'd be out there playing on the swing set or the dogs playing in the yard. So I can keep an eye on the world, you know. But I'm also the only thing in there is my bookshelves and my computer, and so there's no other like distractions of the world in there. And, and uh, it's part of the house, but it's also removed from most of the living space, so that's kind of nice to escape. Did you start out here trying to write in the newsroom, or did you, did you just like, nah, it doesn't really work? Well, I can write, if I have to write on deadline, you know, I can mm-hmm. write in the newsroom, but I think even when I started here, you, I think, told Mike during my interview, like, Lane really likes to write at home. If, if I really want to immerse myself in a project um, or even a weekender, you know, I, I like to be alone in my head with no music and my husband's a musician so it's all there's always music in my house so he has to either put on earphones or I have to like shut the door um but yeah I, I like it quiet and, and you, I was gonna say and you like quiet um we used to work with a guy named Earl Swift who um has gone on to become a really successful author but Earl would put on headphones and I've never met anyone who did this but he he would listen to music that was sort of akin to whatever topic he was writing about like you know if he, if he well like one time he was doing a profile of a Judas Priest drummer so of course he's listening to Judas Priest music in his head I'm like I can't listen to music I couldn't possibly do that and not be distracted but he found it kind of invigorating to have that but I think most people want quiet well some people I know like music like without lyrics I think lyrics are especially distracting to right. me but even even classical music or even even you know jazz or whatever it's too just I, I get I need to clear my head um it was interesting because Kat and Leonora both basically said the same thing I mean we're again this newsroom is not like sitting there watching people type we're not really into that um but so Kat goes home and you know I, again she can write if she has to write in the newsroom but um she her response was that she was less distracted at home um even though like Lane she's she'll do the laundry she'll tidy up um um, but she said that she thought the cleaning up was sort of part of the process. And I, you've talked about that too, that like, like it, it takes you away from the story for a moment and it actually physically distracts you. And in a way it kind of sets you free to, to then come back to the story. It does. It's like, you know, kind of rote physical memory, whether, whether you're washing dishes or you're folding laundry or you're walking the dog, it's like you can engage your body in something which kind of allows your mind to rest for a little bit. And that's when the good thoughts stop, start popping in. And Leonora, too, she said she's struggled to find a place. Um, um, you know, and I guess, did she used to wear, she sounds like she used to wear headphones yeah. and, and, and tune out that way. But, um, and then you you got, you actually helped her figure out her place at home, right? She, she likes to move around, which is interesting to me because I like everything the exact same when I'm, when I'm clearing my deck. But she, like, some days she'll be on her porch. She's got a cute little screened in porch. And some days she'll be on the porch outside. Some days she'll be at the dining room table. Some days she'll be on the couch in the living room. Some days she'll be on her bed in her bedroom. So she, she bops around. I'm not sure what the spirit, pieces of the spirit move her like that, but she definitely, she, she She's much more productive at home, I think, but she also has different places at home. And also, it seems to me like she has different body clocks, too, because she'll, I'll, I'll get messages from Leonora at the wor- weirdest times of day, or it's like, or on a weekend where I think she just decided it was a good time and, and it was quiet and like when the spirit moves her and yeah. then she just jumps in and does it, right? And moves on. And, and, 
all three of us, I think, have dogs we like to be with at home, which yeah. is kind of like a calming thing. You can talk to the dog and say things like all three of us so love dogs our dogs. Our therapy so, dogs. Yeah, they're good therapy dogs. And they listen really well. <laughs> so I, I don't know if it's ever been that way here. I, I know I've worked in different places where editors were never, some editors aren't comfortable with people not being in the newsroom, which I, I, I get where they're coming from on some level. You know, I think they worry that people aren't working hard or they're distracted, but, but let's, I mean, newsrooms are distracting places. I mean, that's, and part of it, we were just doing, we were just talking uh, in a previous podcast about, about why we love journalism and part of why we love journalism because we're surrounded by all these funny people and these creative people. And it's so easy to get sucked into a conversation with these funny creative people, right? Well, and I kind of use my newsroom time selfishly. Like I like to come into the newsroom when I want to talk through my story with my colleagues and I want feedback and, and, you know, I want that dynamic. But I also get way too sucked into theirs sometimes. You know, when you come in the newsroom and you really want to just work on your own thing and three or four other people are like, ah, oh, I'm working on this and that. And so I'm, I'm selfish about it. I, I know I like being in the newsroom for that sort of added value, you know, but it's, it is a distraction if you're on your own deadline. Has anybody ever given you a hard time about working from home? No, mm, not really. No, I mean, but I also try to pop in and, and get my face seen at least a couple times a week. You know, I'm not, I don't want to be away for weeks at a time. Like the trial, I was There's away the for delicate weeks. Balance. Yeah, I was away for a long time. I wonder if they, people knew where I was. Um, I think for all of us, like finding a, um, I mean, I, well, we were talking about, so we've been talking about writing spaces for reporters. For me, um, uh, as an editor, I, I'm always coaching people to try to read stories first before they dive in. So I like to take a printout somewhere and go, I mean, I'll sit, I have a little sofa in my office, I'll sit on the sofa, I'll sit away from the computer so I'm not distracted. Or I'll go take a, a coffee break and go sit down at uh, Kawa or Starbucks or something and have a coffee and read it there or just go to another part of the newsroom where people... I mean, there is always the danger in the newsroom. Somebody's going to, you know, come find you and derail you. But um, you print it out, right? You yeah, always print I do. Them out. I print yeah. it out because I, I want to um, get my head around it. And I, I, I need quiet. I just need, and it's, you know, the same, I, like trying to focus and not be distracted. It's, it's so easy to be distracted in a newsroom because there's always something going on. I've, I've filed stories from bathrooms before just because it's the only quiet place I can find. <laughs> um. We do have some people who seem to do well here in this, I mean, in the environment. They, you know, they whatever, focus, they tune out. But it was interesting that all three of you had the same answer. You were, And that you've worked toward it. Yeah, well, I think, you know, all three of us grew up writing in the newsroom and kind of have been able to make that turn for the big stuff, which is nice. Um, so you were talking about what you get out of. I think, I think it's probably true of Leonora and Kat, too, what they use coming in for is coming in. To, to engage, to, to do the other parts of your job. Right. And so really, your writing space is really, it's just for when you're sitting to write. It's just me in my head. Yeah, I love coming in talking to you. I love coming in and talking to Karen, who's doing my research for me. I love talking to my other colleagues about structure and characters and things like that. I, I don't like doing my interviews here, but I, I do those in my car a lot. Or well, I'll go I, I find gonna... a private room here, I, doing yeah. them in the newsroom. I got spanked when I was young about being too loud, and I've been real self-conscious since I, then I, about I, interviewing I people. did the spanking, so yeah. Um, <laughs> No, let's talk about interviewing. Yeah. So what? It, yeah, the, you, you want quiet. I mean, I know yeah. Leonora can't interview. She doesn't like interviewing. No, she doesn't like if either. other people, you know, can be listening to your interview. It impedes her, and and me too. And I don't. I, I get distracted. Or people are judging. Yeah, are they judging your questions. Do they think you're a decent reporter? Because yeah, exactly. Are you interrupting? You know, we. It, it's. I, I don't type when I do an interview either. I take longhand notes. So I know some people who want to be at their desk so they can type the notes, and so mm -hmm. that's just part of me in my process, you know, but no, I'll go find another empty room somewhere to do most of my interviews if I'm at the office. 
So what would you recommend to people that they really be conscious about what they're doing? I mean, like really take the time to figure out. I I think being mindful about distractions, you know, and, and for a lot of people, it's just too many screens open at once. You know, if you write with music, great. If you write with the TV on, great. But try it without and see if it's easier. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say that, you know, strip strip down to the Zen bare bones and see what it's like to do it with just your Word document and your head and not have Twitter, Facebook, the TV news, whatever, you know, distracting you. Just see how much easier that is, you know. And, and if you have a project, I would, you know, I wouldn't start asking your editors, especially if you're a young reporter, like, can I write all my stories at home? <laughs> I think, say, yeah, I have a really big weekend or I want to get my head around. Can I work at home tomorrow, you know, and just start it out like that. Right. But I also think it's, you know, for some people, it wasn't always easy for me to work at home, especially on the weekends when the kids were little. You know, I would go across the street to the library or something then to find a quiet space. So it's also what's going on at your house, you know. Right. It's, we're empty nesters now. It's that much easier. But I like how you, so you use your distractions at home to kind of power your writing. I mean, it, you don't, it's because you're distracted occasionally there too, but you, you know, whatever, you might go do a load of laundry just because it'll get you out of your head. Oh, and laundry's great because it's in cycles. So you can put it in and then go right. <laughs> And then you can, you know, you hear the it's buzzer. Your timer. It is. And you hear the buzzer. You're like, okay, then you can st- make yourself step away for a little bit. And then you start thinking about things in your head again, too. You know, I, I like the cycle. Um, I, you know, for uh, editors out there who always wor- who worry, who might worry that somebody's like, you know, farting around and not getting stuff done. I mean, to me, the proof is always in the, pro- you know, do they, do they turn it in? Do they finish? I mean, do you have a, do you have a deadline for a certain uh, time and do they go home and get it done? I mean, I, I, I'm some of the people we used to work with in, uh, in Virginia, one of them, Diane Tennant, she's like, I can't, I just can't write in a newsroom. There's too many people. It's too distracting. It's way too distracting. But she'd go home and be really efficient. She felt like she was much more efficient at home than she could be in, in a newsroom. I, I do too. I think, you know, an hour in a newsroom is, is going to make, or what I could do in an hour in a newsroom, I could do in about 20 minutes at home, yeah. you know? Um, have you had other, I'm trying to think of like people, different, different styles of people, um, I know Michael Cruz a couple of times when he would have a really big project, he had a little kid at home and, and uh, he went and got a hotel room for oh, like really? his Python hunt story. He just checked into a hotel room for two days. He was like, I'm going to take whatever money it costs and just go get my own get little writing spot and get away. Yeah. Ah. Well, and the, the people, I mean, there are little quiet rooms, I guess, where people can steal away. I think you do have to be, I think the challenge is you have to be in the right mindset when you write. Yeah, you I know? can't write at coffee shops and stuff because I'm you too can't. distracted by the people. Like, I'm, I'm wanting to know what everybody's little secret lives are. Because you're looking like, for stories. I'm like, I'm on my radars. That we, we tried to write at Panera the other day, me and the guys during a court break. And uh, they had the Jimmy Buffett radio on so freaking loud. I couldn't stop singing, you know, Margaritaville in my head. And then I went outside and it was nice and quiet. And I sat outside at a table. Of course, it's Florida. So it was a beautiful day. And then all of a sudden, this guy comes up behind me with two of his friends. He goes, hey, there's no music piped on out here. Oh, don't worry. I got Pandora. And he starts playing his music really loud. And I was what did he play? Like, what was he playing? It was some like it, it was along the lines of Jimmy Buffett. It was maybe a James Taylor or somebody like Jackson Brown. Like, But it's, I know all those lyrics. It's mm-hmm. too hard to write when those words are going through my head. I think I think um, I, I mean, I, everything. If I if I were writing all the time, I think I'd be purposeful about my chair, you know, what's in the office, what's not in the office, what, you know, what, I mean, I'm not sure I'd, I'd have give myself a view because I think I'd be distracted by that. Um, so I, there is something to be said, I think, for really plotting your place, you know, um, and figuring out how it can work best. 
And it's interesting, the question was sort of driven by, I think, um, Lisa trying to find her spot. Like, right. what's the spot? And sometimes you can find that in a newsroom, too, like a secret spot. You know, Lee and I and I both have a little conference room we like to go sneak into to do our interviews. Everybody knows yeah. that. It's not a secret. <laughs> it's the they secret's all out. <laughs> it just helps me get ready. It feels like it's a warm-up, you yeah, know, to, to get, get to my get space alone. set and get alone. And people know when I'm in that space, they shouldn't come and bother me. I'm trying to remember, what did you have in, when you were in Virginia? Did, did you have a place? Well, yeah, yeah, we had a little guest room at the bottom of the attic stairs. Oh, and then, yeah, and then you, scar- you use that. Yeah, that was your... kind of nice. I scoped that out. So we had guests there, and then that became a pain. But. You know, we haven't talked directly in one of these podcasts about, I mean, I know we mention it from time to time about being working parents in this business, but I do think that's one of the advantages here, like we're talking about, about working from home and giving people some flexibility in a business that doesn't really have a lot of flexibility sometimes. I mean, some days you can't control it. You're you're running a big news, and it's happening, and you're sucked into it. But other days, um, and I don't think we're particularly good at this, a lot of people, but controlling the pace of your day and how you live it and the trade-offs you're making. And I, I mean, to me, it was like, it seemed like a win-win to send you home, to get you home, uh, enjoying your kids, spending a little time, taking that pressure off, and then feeling like, okay, you're still going to deliver the story, same time I need it, but it gives you a chance to balance your life. Uh, make you a more sane person, right? And it's going to be better because I don't have yeah. time to really think about it. I'm not distracted by whether I have to get the kids at 6 o'clock or not. Right, you know? which is also, yeah, right. You can't, I mean, that's that's hard to write with that pressure in your head. Like, you know, the, the, the clock is ticking. Right. And writing isn't, is, is a tough process. And you don't, and if you rush it, it just feels like you've rushed it. It feels like you've made a mess of it. And then you end up feeling like you're not succeeding at both things. It's really nice to have that break between when you finish reporting and you start writing, too, that you have that time just to sort of think and let it gel, even if it's just for half an hour while you're doing dishes, mm-hmm. you know. And, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I wonder, I'm curious whether people are, whether they get that latitude these days or whether there's a lot of pressure to 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 have to work in the newsroom. It seems like with all the technology and all the advantages we have now, I mean, being out and about and being flexible seems like what makes the smart choice. I think a lot more is getting filed from the field now, too, than yeah. ever before. You know, we didn't have laptops or phones, right. and I know just being in the court, every th- single thing we did was filed from within the courthouse. It wasn't There wasn't time to go home and right. sit at my think. desk in my little porch and think. It was just like, okay, 10 minutes. How would you tone, tune out, though, there? So what did you do there to kind of create your space? There was a long hallway outside the courtroom, and and my laptop didn't hold a charge, so I had to keep going down the end of the hallway and plugging in, which was great because there was a little quiet space by a window at the end of the hallway where I could plug in. The media room, they had a media room, but oh my God, the the TV people never stopped talking. It was way too distracting in the media room. (laughs) All right. um, Oh, I should say... um, Kat wanted me to correct uh, from her previous podcast when she talked about her project for Heartbroken. She said that um, she fact-checked herself on the number of drafts they did on that uh, project, and it was actually 24, not 18. So um, she says she blocked out those last six. So <laughs> there you go, a fact-check. Well, it certainly was worth it. They just were finalists for the Pulitzer Prize. I so know. They did, yay, they did pretty well. Yes. Um, okay, if you have a, any, another question for Lane about any of her stories or want to suggest a podcast topic, please email it to Right Lane at TampaBay.com. That's W-R-I-T-E-L-A-N-E at TampaBay.com. And join us next week on Wednesday morning for the next podcast. This podcast was produced by Monica Herndon, 
Music was composed and performed by Dan DeGregory. Thanks for listening. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.